U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is visiting nine countries in and around Gaza, trying to ensure the war between Israel and terrorist group Hamas does not spill into neighboring regions and spark an even bigger conflict. Joining us to talk about the latest is Elliot Tepper, Distinguished Senior Fellow at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Good morning, Elliot. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you. Good morning, Sue, and Happy New Year to you, although it's not a happy way to start the year. No, true enough, but Happy New Year to you, and thank you always so much for joining us. Appreciate your your, your perspective and your and your brilliance on these topics. So t- let's begin, you know, and talk about how serious are the concerns that this conflict in Gaza now could actually spark a wider conflict and move without, outside of those boundaries. Yes, it's remarkable in a, in a way that it hasn't already, and in fact, Hamas counted on it being a widened war when they attacked Israel uh, on October 7th. They expected Hezbollah, their close friend and ally and partner, uh, all, all of them connected, of course, to Iran. They expected Hezbollah to play a more active role, and Hezbollah has basically been told by Iran to, uh, the term they're using is use strategic patience, that is, uh, the Hamas is being uh, stimulated by Iran to make their attacks, but Hezbollah is being told not to join in. Uh, apparently, Iran doesn't want to sacrifice Hezbollah too quickly uh, to the uh, consequences of their own widening of that war if they choose to do so. Do you think at some point that, you know, terrorists will join terrorists and they will join forces? Yes, it's entirely uh, possible because what we've seen so far is that Israel, um, having been fully mobilized after being caught uh, disastrously on October 7th, but they fully mobilized. There were voices in Israel then that said, look, sooner or later we're going to have to deal with Hezbollah. Iran has been arming them and prepping them to attack us. Uh, they built them into a far more formidable force than Hamas is. If we're going to have to do it sometime, we might as well do it before they're even more formidable, built up even further. Uh, the U.S. apparently leaned in very heavily and said to those uh, voices, which were not the government voices, but uh, important voices, saying, no, don't do that. The last thing you need is an even wider war, meaning the last thing everybody wants is a wider war. So Mr. Blinken and also the EU's uh, top diplomat have now been sent to the region to see if they can stop uh, the spread. But uh, it's going to be very hard to do that, mm. soon, given the fact that, <laughs> that uh, Hezbollah, in their restrained fashion, has been shelling heavily in the, in the into the region of uh, northern Israel, there's 80,000 people have been forced to leave their residences in Israel, and they've been living now outside their homes for three months. It, it's it's an intolerable situation for Israel to sustain very long. And that's where we are today. And we know, you know, a senior Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon has been killed by an Israeli airstrike. So, I mean, that would sound like retribution would be coming, right? Well, it's, it's part of this. How far can Iran push its proxies before there's a massive retaliation? And, of course, Iran wants to be sure that all that happens. They're trying to use their position to basically push the West out of, out of the whole region. That's uh, us as well. And we also... Uh, have at the same time their desire not to pay a cost to do so. Hezbollah is kind of the crown jewel in their proxies. They, uh, they're the largest group. They control about 200 villages in the north of, uh, in the southern part of Lebanon. There was a terrible war when Hezbollah miscalculated in 2006 and it entered into Israel and uh, kidnapped some people. So the, the um, possibility that they will try to do what Hamas has already done remains very high. 
it's going to be hard to keep a lid on this as uh, they attack, <laughs> you know, at what point do you want to enter the cycle? They attack northern Israel, uh, from they, and then Israel responds, but responds in a confined way. So it's an understand dip, tit for tat. But we're talking about, you know, 40 missiles slamming into Israel, and at the same time these are partners of Hamas. So Israel has basically said quietly, but very dramatically, Hezbollah, we know what you're doing. We are going to not invade and attack you unless you really force us to, but we're going to show you you have to pay a cost. So they assassinated a Hamas senior Hamas figure in Beirut in a Hezbollah neighborhood, and now they've assassinated a Hezbollah, Hezbollah uh, commander as well. Both of these are operational officers. They're planners, coordinators, and they've been taken out. So these are messages being sent. Uh, so far, Israel has not indicated they are seeking or want a wider war at this time. The U.S. is uh, there, EU is there, everybody's trying to tamp this down so it does not expand. But as long as Iran sees that it's in their interest to expand it up to the point where they have to pay a cost, this is likely to uh, be a very volatile, dangerous game. Elliot, is it all, I mean, we know the history, it goes back, you know, so, so many years, but why such animosity towards Israel? Is it all about religion here? Yes, uh, we should remind ourselves, it wasn't that long ago, just a, an, era, an era ago that, uh, in fact, Israel, Iran, and Turkey were close friends and allies, and it was the coming to power of the Ayatollah's regime, which is itself... Uh, like Hezbollah, like Hamas, uh, these are fanatical organizations, and they have said that their goal is to eliminate the existence of Israel, and they are taking steps now to surprise, uh, surround Israel with the means to complete their genocidal uh, agenda, again, without themselves paying a cost. So they, uh, they're bringing into the Syrian civil war of Hezbollah from Lebanon and transforming it from a militia into a, a very effective field army was part of that. So they saved the Assad regime so that they have access to the Shia Crescent. This is part of their conflict not only with Israel but with the Sunni bloc led by Saudi Arabia. They have really been pushing Saudi Arabia all over the map quite successfully. And uh, this operation by Hamas is seen as a way to thwart the Saudis and carry on the thousand-year civil war between Shias and Sunnis, it's all a very complicated mix. But it goes back to Iran's ambitions and the actions they are taking uh, to accomplish those really genocidal and fanatical goals. I'm sorry to use that vocabulary. We're on the anniversary of Ukraine uh, Airline 752, where Iran shot down a plane that was uh, full of people connected to Canada. I took part in some of the... Uh, commemorations here in town. It was very sobering. So Iran is, is a, a very dangerous rogue regime having great success so far. Uh, the big transformative event of 2004, since we're talking about the region, would be if Iran now decides to go and has the ability to become a nuclear weapon state, adding that on top of the reckless behavior and stimulating Hamas to attack Israel on October 7th, and uh, the repercussions that we see in front of us now. Speaking of sobering anniversaries, quickly before we let you go, uh, Elliot, just, you know, we are three months and one day away from that October 7th horrific yes. attack in Israel. How many uh, captives remain that Hamas took from Israel that day? It's estimated there's 136 still uh, held by Hamas, 
and but about 20 of those are estimated actually to be dead. Uh, Israel is, is mortally, physically, traumatically uh, wounded by that attack and the ongoing uh, ordeal of the hostages. And we've, we're getting uh, from the original hostage for prisoner exchange, we're getting details of some of the treatment of the women uh, by Hamas. So the this is those hostages are. are, are prime cause for Israel's fury right now. And Israel, of course, basically wants to prevent, as they say, Hamas will never, once, will never ever be a threat to Israel. But we have to keep in mind, Hamas is a threat to the people of Gaza. Mm-hmm. These are terrorist organizations. It has nothing to do with the Palestinian conflict when we talk about yeah. Lebanon or when we talk about, uh, when we talk about Iran, where they have once again uh, put down yet another uprising they have suppressed yet another uprising by the people of Iran trying to uh, overthrow the Ayatollah's regime. So the Ayatollah's regime, uh, working with their allies, uh, have, have led to this uh, this incredible, terrible tragedy, mm-hmm. strategy, uh, tragedy we see before us. And the Gaza situation where we focus is should also be seen as part of the Hamas playbook, where they plan to uh, create a situation where the world then has to lean on Israel to stop after they commit atrocities in, inside Israel. So it, it's, a, it's an ongoing cycle is, that Anthony yeah. Blinken said we're going to break. It's not breaking, and it might widen. Elliot, got to leave it there for time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it this morning. Oh, certainly, Sue. Thank you. Elliot Tepper, Distinguished Senior Fellow, Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University.